Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. This hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. Go to lp.brevo.com slash Canada for a smart demonstration. Canucks get the Seattle Kraken tomorrow. We'll be back for pregame, postgame, intermission analysis, all of it. Well, Sat and Bick will be here for postgame, but we'll be here for pregame. we got to get back in the win column for our odds boost picks after a tough one last night against Calgary, Sat. Yeah, tough one all around against the Calgary Flames. So uh, we all we all share in the loss. <laughs> Do we get to use the back-to-backs as, uh, as an excuse the way the Canucks did last night? I don't know. My decision making wasn't as good as it needed to be because we worked the night before. So you know, it's it's always hard to have, make better decisions on the second day of a back to back. I uh, I agree. I'm I'm on board with that. Any excuse I can use, I'll take it. Um, yeah. All right, it's time for the mailbag. It's a Friday. Let's hit it. Mailbag music means producer Josh Elliott. Wolf. Hello. I'm loving the stash. Thank you. I uh, I asked Josh this before the show sat. Better better mustache, Josh Elliott Wolf or Elias Pettersson? Oh, I'm gonna go with Josh. Although Pe- Pettersson's looks pretty good, gotta give him credit. Not bad. Yeah, we don't have to give him credit, guys. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's uh, it's a look. I like that the whole team is doing it though. I I, I just didn't think that like the the year of 2023 would be uh, the year that uh, mustaches come back. Well, it's mustache November. power. I mean, I, I mean, they. Were I know it is trendy. November, but they're trendy even away from November. Yeah. Like, I can't say I'm going to keep mine after. Yeah, producer uh, Vic also has a uh, mustache going on. I'm trying my best over here. Yep. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's good. It's a, it's a new trend. Good for good for everybody. I mean, are you doing it for the cause or just because you want to wear a mustache? Me, I I'm hopping on uh, Dom Shermati's November. All right, fine. Very good. So that, that's good. I, uh, I, uh, I love my wife, so I just I'm, I'm choosing not to to go the mustache route right now. <laughs> it is my anniversary and my girlfriend's birthday in the month of November, so it's a very tough month. Oh, tough, oh, wow. tough month to be uh, going mustache. All right, you'll make up for it in in, in other ways, right? <laughs> Buy jewelry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The Dan Riccio special. <laughs> jewelry never misses. As right. I've learned through my many years of life. I'll start with the questions. Okay. Uh, t- uh, actually, We've wasted enough time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> this one from, we'll combine to Chris and Trevor. Uh, this one from Chris. Does the effort during the game last night concern you? I know it was a, quote, scheduled loss, but they were outworked everywhere with little to no pushback. And the one from Trevor, are they tired? Are we seeing regression? Or is it both? The last five games have looked different than the prior ones. I, mean, I wouldn't be concerned about uh, the lack of effort or anything. I, I'm I'm prepared to chalk up a lot of what we saw in Calgary due to not quite having the same energy, but that doesn't mean you can't dig it deeper. If that was a game where you had rest and they played like that, I would be concerned, kind of like the game in Philly against the Flyers. And some people say, well, that was your first game of an Eastern trip. That's never easy. Sure, but let's put it at a situation where they had decent rest or had a couple of days off or, and they didn't have to travel and they played that way. I would be concerned. I'm not willing to. I'm. I'm not prepared to go to any 
real hot takes here about the lack of effort when there were extenuating circumstances, which would explain at the very least why you wouldn't have as much energy. It's um, it's tough because, like for me, I just and having talked to enough athletes and certainly players, like fatigue is a real thing, you know. And so I, I'm not gonna call out effort, but coach is right that they have to find ways to win when they're tired and playing a boring game is maybe how you do it I don't know but that's uh, maybe something that this team will get better at as the season goes along I mean they're 12 what 12 four and one they're, they're fine right they've, they've done really well even in other quote-unquote scheduled loss spots through the course of the season so it's something to keep an eye on as far as how they develop in some of these tough spots as the season goes along but it's one thing to call out uh, fatigue and another thing to call out effort in my estimation and I I don't think effort was necessarily an issue last night it's more um, scheduled loss and not being able to execute in uh, key moments of the game that would help you keep that game close last night how about this? How about uh, an inability to dig deep and fight through it? <laughs> yes. Uh, next one from Tockett's Cheekbones. Uh, will you go on the record saying what hardware, if any, you are confident the Canucks will take home this season? So uh, either individual player awards. You want to throw some team awards in there? Feel free. Stanley Cup. Oh. <laughs> well, so that's on record. <laughs> this was all on record. So Mark it down. Uh, Mark it down. Okay, okay. How about this? How about, I got one. I got one. Uh, Quinn Hughes for Norris. I think that one's the favorite right now. I would. I almost lean Demko being Vesna is more oh. of a favorite. Oh no, it's it's neither guys. Actually, it's Rick Tockett for the Jack Adams. Oh, there you go. Look, and honestly, somebody else can jump in right now and say, ah, Pedersen, wait until he gets healthy. He'll lead the league in scoring. Jack Hughes has been heard. McDavid and Dreisaitl so far off the pace. It's going to be Pedersen. I I would say um, talk it because, like, uh, so we, we, we do Narrative Street on the Play Now Sports pregame show, right, where we uh, yes. we – we play along the narratives going into every game as, as part of some of our uh, odds boost selections. Um, but narrative plays a huge factor in who gets consideration for the Jack Adams Award each and every year in the National Hockey League and even in the National Football League. It is just how people go about voting for Coach of the Year. It's like a prerequisite that you have to be a team that sucked the year before. And the Canucks click that box. They check that box. The next box they have to check is getting to the playoffs. And they are well on their way to doing that. And because of that, I know within my heart of hearts, my being of beings, that Rick Tockett will be in consideration for the Jack Adams Award. My being of beings. I don't wow. even know if that's a thing. I what just if made the it Bruins just have another uh, Bruins year like they did last year? Make uh, it impossible not to give a... What do they have, one regulation loss? Yeah. They're on pace with eight losses all year, seven <laughs> losses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Bruins are stupid. Like, I don't know. They just, like... The Bruins the, are stupid. The regular season for them is just, like... It's it's like playing NHL on easy mode, you know? I, I don't even... I Like, I just don't get it. 
I don't I don't get it either. I mean, it's it is I will say like Portress has been really good. He looks solid. Even John Beecher and Lesser Roll has been good. Charlie Coyle's taking a step it seems. I mean, Pavel Zaka's taking a step. So it's not like they're just doing it with nobodies. Like guys are performing well, but I just don't get it either. And they also seem to have like, you know, people talk about the Canucks goaltending. Well, <laughs> Jeremy Swayman and Lena Allmark are both like unreal. I don't understand. <laughs> they're just like invoking Jerry Cheevers into into each of their games as they uh, as they just win endlessly. I think Swayman is right next to Thatcher Demko, Demko for goal saved above average, uh, above expected. So I just can't see the reason I, I said Demko might be the guy to uh, win the Vesna is because it seems like Boston's going to stick with this 50-50 thing regardless of how good Swayman is, yeah. which is why I would say Demko. Is, uh, maybe the Canucks' favorite to win an award. Next one from uh, W. According to a former employee, Rutherford died 2023-2024 as the season to contend for a cup. Is that still the plan? If so, how do they get there from here? If not, when? And how does the president-GM contract talks affect this timeline? So that would be this year. That would be this year. Um, as much as uh, I understand the report is coming from a former employee i'm not going to dispute what is their truth um so far i don't think we've seen anything i can only judge this management group on on anything they've done to this point right so like there's there seems to be this worry in the last 24 48 hours that the canucks are just going to throw caution to the wind and do whatever it takes to win this season and the reason i I'm not comfortable going along with that thought process is because what evidence do we have that they're going to do that? They haven't done it at all to this point where they're willing to just throw caution to the wind and give up a bunch of future assets, sacrifice future years in order to win this season. Yeah, they've bought out OEL. That was a necessity. His contract was an atrocity and an anchor for this group. And the only way forward especially if you want to keep Elias Pettersson, was to move on from that and try to find other alternatives. Yes, they traded a first-round pick for Philip Ronick, but they identified a mid-20s right-shot defenseman that they can see helping here long-term. Most of the moves they've made have not been for short-term uh, fixes. The ones they have have been short-term deals or you know, minimal draft capital. They haven't spent big for a short-term fix in the Patrick Alvin era. So I just, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm not behind this like huge worry that the Canucks are all in for this season and they're going to do whatever it takes to try and build as, as good a roster as possible to win the Stanley Cup as early as this year. No, but the one thing I would say, though, is it kind of goes in line with what we've heard about they're looking to make significant additions or significant improvements if they can make them because of trying to be a team that takes that next step, right? And Rutherford himself said before the season, we still have a couple of contracts we need to move. We're getting closer to where we want, where we want to be, but we're not there yet. Do you have to do that this year come hell or high water? I would say no, but I do think, like we've been outlining quite a bit here even before the season began, it's not just about making additions or making improvements. It's about It's about making significant improvements. And if they can do that this season, they're absolutely going to do it. Next one comes from uh, this one, Justin in East Van. Can Quinn Hughes keep up his goal, 
goal scoring pace for the rest of the season, he is on pace for 29 goals. No. <laughs> He's sure? just not going to score 29. I'm sorry. Like, Sats never Quinn answered Hughes. a mailbag question as quickly as he answered that one. <laughs> I, I love what I've seen from Quinn Hughes. He's probably not going to score 29 goals. That's no. all I'm saying. He's not going to score 30. So, honestly, I didn't think he's going to score 20. I thought, okay, can he get 10 to 15 this year? The way he's gone, could I see 20 potentially? I think, yeah. I just don't know. If he's, I don't think he's going to score 29, 30. That's all. So, he's, I mean, he's been unbelievable this year. As far as, like, uh, percentages go, you know, I, uh, <laughs> uh, last year, it, Got some people upset when I said there was no way Andre Kuzmenko was going to score as many goals as he did last season this year. And um, that was all based on shooting percentage. As much as Quinn Hughes has a has six goals right now, his shooting percentage is only at 11. It's not like you know Brock Besser or uh, even JT Miller on this roster who have really high shooting percentages at this point in the year. That doesn't mean he's going to score 29 goals, but Hughes is shooting at a high enough rate and his shot has improved enough. The Canucks have improved enough that I feel something I didn't feel coming into this year that like sat close to 20 goals is a real possibility for Quinn Hughes. Like everything sort of checks out with how Quinn Hughes has played that he can get into that area where he's around a 20 goal defenseman. And there's just not many of those in this league. Yeah, and if he does that, I mean, that's just, again, we're talking about Norris caliber mm-hmm. production, and that's what he's doing so far this year. All right, next one comes from um, Podzuka. Why don't we, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll combine this with... Uh, Pod P- Colson coming back tonight, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Podzuka and PC questions here. Uh, this one, which young Canucks players are in the most danger of getting traded for a Tanev or Zadorov type defenseman? And uh, this one from PC, who is the first player that teams will ask for in return in a trade? Is it a pick or is it a prospect? So from PC's question, I think it's hard to say because that is totally team dependent on what they would want in, in return for a rental type player. I would imagine like most of the time rentals get traded close to the deadline. And at that point, teams are very happy to take the draft pick, right? Because they know they're out of it for this year and they'll just take the draft pick as an asset. And whether they use it to make a draft pick or use it as a trade asset in the future, then that will be their prerogative. But um, as for like the Flames specifically, I mean, it's been reported pretty much everywhere. They'd rather a young player that they can put on their roster right away than a draft choice right now. So uh, that's why I... I, uh, I feel like it is totally team dependent as as to whether or not they'd rather a pick or a prospect in trade. Yeah, I mean, the question was, uh, what's most likely, right? Mm-hmm. It was, uh, yeah, who was the first player? Well, no, it's who is, what would teams ask for? Ask for, okay, ask for. So I'd say first round pick, of course, like Dan mentioned, it depends on the team. I'd say from the assets the Canucks have available, People always ask about your first. They'll always ask about your best prospects. Mm-hmm. They'll ask about Willander. They'll ask about like Karamaki. They're not doing their jobs if they don't. Now, it depends on who you're calling about. Like, I don't think Calgary, even if you call them Zadorov, they'd be like, yeah, give me Willander. Like, I don't think they're ridiculous in that sense. But... Well, even a first-round pick seems a bit outlandish right. for Nikita Zadorov. But yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they ask for some decent prospects or a second yeah. round pick or whatever it is, right? And if you're asking about a really good hockey player, then teams are asking for your absolute best prospects. And yeah. some would even ask for some of your best young players. 
I think the player that is most likely to get moved based on everything around him for the types of players Vancouver might be interested in, and I know fans hate hearing this, is, is probably Niels Hoaglander, right? Like, that's probably the guy that Vancouver would be willing to move for the right type of piece, and it doesn't necessarily have to be um, a long-term fit. It doesn't have to be, you know, the bonafide top scorer or number two or three defenseman. I just see him as being probably the guy that teams around the league will be interested in, especially for that kind of middle-tier player they might be looking at. And, and we'll see if the Canucks do that. I just think teams will be asking for him. Like, we see the Tanev types. Those types of players become available. I could see a lot of teams asking if, if Hoaglander can be part of it. Uh, this one from the Dominic Shermati, producer of 32 Thoughts. Oh, wow. If you didn't know. Um, this one, please uh, ask what your level of care is for this year's draft class after the first overall pick. <laughs> I mean, I'm always interested in the draft. I feel like it's too early for... Yeah. Uh, like, the draft people always have a have in mind, like, how good a draft class is, but I feel like general, like, Vancouver media isn't very in tune with what this draft class is yet, especially with how good the start has been. Not to yeah, say that I, you guys aren't in tune with it, just that it's not as on our radar as it has been in previous years. It certainly isn't. And, you know, I've been wanting to not really consider draft picks and players until the new year. And I can gladly tell you that we sat here on November 17th so far. I have yet to really look at any real prospect lists. Not a single one yet. Yeah. And I'm planning to keep it that way up until the World Juniors. My, uh, my cugino... Sam Cosentino, he uh, released his latest draft uh, update at sportsnet.ca, his November edition, a couple of days ago. I've yet to look at it. And that's your cousin. That's my cousin. He's yeah. my cuji. He's blood. Yeah. And but. even you're not looking at that. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, I'm more interested in, you know, maybe watching and, and reading about Tom Willander right now or Jonathan Lekaramaki than I am looking ahead to, to this year's draft class, where I am in this current moment. But it's also, Canucks are really good, and I'm focused on that. So Scouting I, the LA Kings. Mm -hmm. Scouting the LA Kings. I am spending more time watching the Canucks opponents. Like every Before every single game, I watch at least one, maybe two, sometimes maybe a bit more of games of the opponent they're playing. Like That's where a lot of my time is going now, which I love because we can start talking about matchups more, and I hope that stays the same way. That's a sicko. Uh, <laughs> next one from a different Dom. Uh, thinking bigger, what is the dream add to the Canucks? Steven Stamkos, Sidney Crosby as a UFA in two years. <laughs> Just some options from Dom there. Wow, former the, Penguin. The dream add. I mean, the dream add obviously is Crosby, right? Yeah, I that, ju that's just not happening. Yeah. So, like, dream ad in the next 12 months? Stamkos is, like, because he's got the kind of, like, he feels shunned a bit by Tampa right now, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, Stamkos ain't it. But not for me, at least. Depends on how much and how long. Um, I'm not against adding. So, for instance, in this world, the only way the Canucks can do this is if they move on from Garland and or Besser, right? Yes. And if you're going to have to give somebody a contract, and if you're looking at Besser beyond this season as well, mm -hmm. I'm just saying, 
for the organ, and I'm not saying stamp codes necessarily, right? Yeah. But does it not make more sense if you're going to be committing into in, committing to a winger into his 30s that it's a player of a higher caliber than Besser if you can? Yeah. Like, how comfortable do you feel giving Besser a six-year extension? I don't. <laughs> now, Stamkos is to 34. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, give him a three or four, like, four or five-year deal, for instance. Um, and so far this year, Besser has obviously been the far more productive hockey player. But whether it's this year or the year afterwards, because Besser has one more year left on his deal, that's what I wonder about. I wonder if the team would be more comfortable pursuing a higher-end forward for big money as opposed to giving Besser that money for an extension, not necessarily this summer, but the year afterwards. I think that's the one to keep a real close eye on. We'll see if anything happens here. But in terms of this offseason, I could see one of the apples in Alvin's eyes being Willie Nylander. I if was he just going to say, my, my dream ad would be William Nylander. Yeah. I'm a huge I think if Nylander makes it free Nylander guy. Yeah. I think if Nylander makes it the free agency, um, I think the Canucks would be interested, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make room to be interested. That's going to be a spicy meatball if he makes it to free agency. Yeah. He's a really good hockey player, mm-hmm. William Nylander. Yep. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> if there was an, ever an opportunity for the Canucks to get him. <laughs> Who knows? Can't trade Tana for Nylander anymore. So. Sad. Uh, next one. Besser Chef- for Nylander. No. <laughs> Who says no? <laughs> Who says no? Uh, Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen. I like this question a lot. If you had a, if you had to have a painting of one of your fellow 650 co-workers in your house, which co-worker would you choose? A painting. A painting. And to be clear about the painting, it doesn't just have to be like a portrait of them. Like you can have like, you can do it up in a way where it like, you can have Canberra with a big beard and looking all renaissance and stuff. <laughs> that was Victor's suggestion. Yeah. Do whatever you uh. want. Painting of one person? I might have sat, but sat specifically from the video of him at the Browns and Seahawks game. <laughs> the disappointed face. Just so you can laugh at my disappointment every single day. Ah, oh, man. Who would I choose? You have to pick like an actual person, individual person. Yeah, from 650. This is a tough question. It is, because realistically, like, I want none of you in my house. <laughs> no, of yes. course not, man. Absolutely not. I feel like I want to say Josh just because uh, I feel so ashamed that I wasn't able to beat him in our many golf rounds we had over the course of the summer. So it would just almost be punishment you. and motivation for me to uh, make sure I clean that up and uh, rectify I like to the imagine, situation next imagine year. Imagine it's just an empty den, <laughs> but just a picture of me at the end being like, I'll get you next year. <laughs> Every morning you look at it. Every morning you throw a dart at it. Yes. Well, if, if we're throwing darts at it, then I think anybody, if we can just put Drance up, I think that would be easy, right? It's <laughs> like chucking darts at it. No, just kidding. But, uh, man, oh, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Mm. I don't want any of y'all fools <laughs> on my wall. Sounds like I'm close. very specific about my decorations. The other thing I was thinking is Ben Bassarin, really good golfer. You could have him as just like him golfing but you know the, what the main focus being the golf course honestly fa- great call you know what like a great picturesque shot from like shaughnessy and him on his backswing or something and yeah. it's a small fo- like 100 <laughs> percent. that's my answer i'm stealing your answer josh okay fair enough josh thought a lot about this today. i did <laughs> i saw the question come in and i was like i gotta think of uh gotta think of something here um last one one with this uh question for both of you from rick dollywood 
Will you shave your beard? <laughs> I don't know. I, I shave my beard. Yeah, it's a I lot shave his beard often. Yeah, I, sh- I shave my beard like well, you know, once every six, like once a month maybe. Mm-hmm. It grows back pretty quick, but you know, I, I five to six weeks, every four to five weeks, I shave my beard. Yeah, I uh, I trim the beard. I never shave it. And I don't know if I ever will again. Yeah, <laughs> it is just a part I, of me. It is who I yeah. am. Now that we saw Canberra come in without a beard for a bit, it's like oof, just just grow that back. I yeah. uh, I can't do it. Like I don't I don't even know what I would look like anymore without a beard. No, I know. I mean, I've been thinking <laughs> about it though. Like I feel you because my beard is getting so white. I've been thinking about having it less because I you know I'm, like I'm I'm getting older obviously, but I don't yes. think I'm as old as my beard shows that I am. Sometimes like I'm you know yeah. people are like this guy's got to be fifty. I'm like what. <laughs> I don't think anybody says that about Sat, yeah, even nobody, with the beard. No, nobody has, nobody has ever said that about, about Sat. About Satyarsha. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm thinking about, about shaving it more often. So I might, you know, to answer Rick's question, I was thinking about maybe maybe maybe, maybe growing the beard out only a couple times a year instead. Uh, is is Rick just like a super traditional? And like, if you're on TV, you shouldn't have a beard. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I have, I have some people. That, that there's this one guy who always DMs me. Um, his name is Larry. I won't say his full name, but his his name is Larry. And he'll DM me and be like, "You gotta shave your beard, man. It doesn't look good. <laughs> what a you weird... gotta get rid of that beard. It's not professional." I get it all the time. What from a Larry. weird thing to have an opinion on. Yeah, like, Larry's not we... happy. What are we? The but then Islanders? one time when I did, but but then like one time I didn't have the beard. Like I just kind of like, you know I trimmed it down or whatever. And he responded, he's like, it "Looks great, man. Keep it." So like <laughs> I, I don't think he was a hater and really just doesn't like beards. Larry Lamorello over here. <laughs> yeah, Larry, that's a <laughs> Larry Lamorello, that's so. Lou's good. doing his uh, Canuck scouting, and he's like, "Man, this guy in the intermissions is pissing me off." What has more maintenance? Is it like having a beard and having to trim it all the time, and like, you know, you know, shave the neck, and you know, do all the the nice things to make the beard look good so it doesn't look too scruffy, or is right. it shaving all the time? Uh, Shaving as, every couple of days. I would say, as someone that has like gone back and forth a bit, it's definitely the shaving all the time. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's easy just to be like, "Yeah, hey, I'm gonna like line it up and make sure it doesn't look horrible." Um, not that like my hair grows at an exponential rate anyway. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say, <laughs> Josh has like the Sidney Crosby Crosby uh, level of growth over there. Uh, <laughs> yes, but the it's definitely easier than shaving all the time, in my opinion. Agree. Oh, 100% it is. I, yeah. I don't disagree. Uh, you remember when Sid first had his playoff beard? <laughs> it was so, oh so pathetic. <laughs> it's just like little patches everywhere. Like, why like, even bother? No wonder we call you Sid the Kid. Still a child. Yeah. Connor Bedard's like, man, I hope I don't make the playoffs this year. Is it weird to still call him Sid the Kid? I feel like it is. Anyways. Uh, Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw. That's the mailbag every Friday here on Canuck Central.